Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode of That Dan Band Show is brought to you by the Captain U Recruiting Platform, powered by Stack Sports. Captain U is breaking into the band space to offer support to high school students who are looking to perform in band at the collegiate level. With over 10 years in the recruiting industry and over 3 million student profiles created over the years, Captain U has long been a leader in athlete advocacy and support. Now, it's time to provide that same support to band performers. Captain U creates a direct line of communication between musicians and college band directors. With the LinkedIn style profile, performers can put their best foot forward with searchable criteria like their position, academic info and test scores, audition videos, director recommendations, and potential majors. Performers can directly message college directors to learn about scholarship opportunities, a university's academic strengths, and ultimately place themselves at the right institution. If you are a high school band student looking to perform at the next level, go to CaptainU.com and create a free profile today. It takes less than five minutes and will save you time and money. And for a limited time, we are offering performers 50% off an upgraded profile by using the promo code TDBS21. That's right, 50% off an upgraded profile on CaptainU.com by using the code TDBS21 at checkout. Sign up on Captain U, gain exposure, and get recruited. Powered by Stack Sports. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the show, That Dan Band Show. Uh, this is our podcast talking about marching arts and everything that surrounds that. And we're we're getting close to 20 episodes in and we've covered a array of of topics at this point. And it's cool because, you know, I'm not just interested in uh, marching percussion or, or design, but also just everything that stems and webs out from that. And that goes in so many different directions and different depths and breadths and all of that. So it's always exciting to bring people here who are not just kind of uh, specialists in the field that I am a specialist in, but people who have kind of external ideas about the things that relate to the marching arts, which we all love. So I'm super excited to bring someone in today that's kind of um, inside the machine, if you will. He is a, uh, a peer co-worker of mine at Captain U, which is the company that supports this podcast um, and is my full-time position outside of all the band jobs that I have. So I'm super excited to welcome Eric Lake. Eric, what's up? How are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. I'm excited to finally be here. It's been fun to kind of watch you launch the project and see how everything's going with the podcast. So I'm I'm glad that uh, my ticket's finally getting punched. Thanks for having me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And um, one, tell me where you are. Uh, you're kind of joining us from, and then also just talk to me a little bit about your your route or your adventure. Uh, at Captain U, when did you join? Um, what position were you in? Have you been in? Kind of just talk us through that as well. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So I am coming to you from what I like to affectionately call Ingle Weird, Colorado. Um, Inglewood is is uh, as just kind of like small little fun kind of working class suburb just south of Denver. So I I like to call it suburbish. We've got like a lot of the benefits of the city, but it's not quite like um, you know, just your average suburb. It's still got a lot of flavor. So um that's where I'm coming in from. Um awesome. and yeah, I've I've had a kind of a long history here at Captain U. Um actually next week Next week, I'll hit nine years um, from the time that I started. So wow. I don't know how that happened, but here we are almost a decade later. Um, and it's it's been quite the journey. When I joined, I was the support agent, not a part of the support team. I was the support agent. We were a very you know small little kind of startup working to help athletes and, and coaches connect. And they needed somebody to get the support inbox in uh, Gmail down to zero every day. Um, so that was my, my job for kind of my first year. And then um, as the company grew, I started saying, there's this isn't sustainable. There's no way I can do this by myself. And I asked Avi, our our founder, um, if I could go to a conference and learn about running a support team. And um, you know, ended up hiring a, a handful of people to kind of round out the team. Uh, built you know from scratch, really all the kind of FAQ documentation, all the support processes. Um, you know, the way that customers can interact with the support team and, you know, hey, a, a couple years later, our little company gets um, bought by Stack Sports, who is now, you know, our our employer. And, um, you know, kind of for, for a while, I went on and managed the support teams for, for several products, including Captain U, uh, basically all the athlete and team solutions at Captain U. So anything that's like facing athletes or, or teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, a couple years ago, came back to Captain U full time to um, in my, my current position. I'm, I'm technically the senior customer success manager. Um, in reality, I am all things kind of customer facing when it comes to the athlete and performer side of tools. So if you are an athlete or a performer who is signing up to connect with college coaches um, and you're offered a phone call, hey, it's going to be with me. I'm here to make sure athletes have the knowledge and the tools and everything they need to be successful on our platform. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey. It's been a lot of fun. I've, I've really, um, it, it sounds corny, but I've gotten to help literally thousands of young student athletes achieve their dream of, you know, making a college team, getting a scholarship, going to their top school. Uh, and and I think that's what keeps me around. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. So I want to start a little bit zoomed out. Um, you know, we have listeners from different walks of life, different yep. 
background. So for me, I kind of have some knowledge as to some of the connecting points um, and why we would discuss kind of athletes and athletic recruiting on a marching arts podcast, right? Um, yeah. I want to ask first kind of, you know, being at this job now, you know, I'm getting close to one year and I have just been learning more and more how large the industry around recruiting is just in collegiate athletics. I'm not yeah. even talking about just university and college recruiting, but we're talking about just for sports because the reality is athletics are so ubiquitous that even the smallest community colleges have teams, right? So I'd love to hear from your perspective, just like, and you've been at this company for almost 10 years. So you, you certainly have one that, that has been built is where does this large industry for recruiting come from? Um, what is that need there that perhaps is not somewhere like the marching arts? Cause it seems like there's so many different tools and resources and companies just around collegiate athletic recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reality is that I think athletics and higher education have a very long relationship. And, and I think probably, you know, I, I'm not certainly not a scholar on higher education in the United States or anything like that. Or, um, but, but I would wager that, you know, a large part of the growth of higher education across the country, a large part of the awareness that the average student has about universities that are out there, you know, comes from watching sports on TV or, you know, going and, you know, seeing a campus for the first time as they go to a football game or, or something like that. You know, it's, it's certainly a kind of long and storied relationship. Um, and, you know, schools want to be competitive so they can be, you know, in the bowl game and their name be out there. And, and, you know, I, I know, for example, I went to University of Oregon and right around the time I went there was when there was you know, it's always been a highly athletic program. That's where Nike was founded, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But our football team started getting really big and, and showing up in those bowl games and stuff like that. And the admissions applications skyrocketed. You know, there's no doubt that that's one part of it. Um, secondly is, you know, it's, it's a part of being... Um, you know, having a, a complete college experience is I, I think certainly there's nothing wrong with going to school and, you know, taking your classes and getting your diploma. But I would wager that most folks who want to go have, you know, a full university experience are finding some sort of community, whether it's a sports team, a club they're a part of, some, you know, kind of volunteer work or, you know, whatever it is, you know, I think part of that holistic college experience is, is being a part of something kind of greater than just what you're working on. And, and I think historically sports has done that really well for schools. Um, and then from the athlete side of things, you know, there's the cost of education, which is, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a topic uh, for all, you could do a whole episode about that or, or, you know, we could have a really long conversation about the cost of education. And I think for a lot of students who want to go get, you know, 
a specific degree, a, a specific level of education, helping make that affordable through sports, whether it's a, a full ride scholarship or, or just a, a grant or something like that. You know, it's all part of it, making yourself more competitive as an applicant to a school because you can, you know, participate and help them have a championship program. You know, these are all things that get wrapped into it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I just lost my train of thought there, but, but, uh, you know, I, I think it really is all related and, um, you know, sports are, are a big part of just our, our kind of society in general. Therefore it's going to be a big part of, um, education. hundred percent. Yes. That, that was a, a great response to whatever question I ask because I certainly don't remember <laughs> either. So don't you worry. Um, something I can that really get going my... sometimes. So feel free to no, uh, don't worry. reel me in. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's why, that's why we're here um, with the long form thing. So um, one thing that comes up for me that I, I wish I had known better. So, you know, I, I went and did the traditional, you know, four-year college thing. Um, I went to Temple University for the first three years of that. And then I, I finished at University of Connecticut at a satellite campus for kind of financial reasons. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't really participate, even though I was heavily involved in music and band and the performing arts in high school. Um, I didn't choose to participate in really any of that. So my only plug into the university as an institution where my classes and as most people know, at, at, especially the large institution with Temple, where I think it's something like 40,000 students just in the Philadelphia campus, my connections with my professors in the first really two and a half years until I got into my major were very surface level, if at all. Yeah. We're in large lectures. The professor is overworked. Their teaching load is too big and their ability to give you personal attention is just really not built in to the university system. Those professors should be doing research and they should be serving on committees and the students and the teaching really come last. So that's really ass backwards because they're <laughs> supposed to be part of an educational system, right? But yeah. that's just the reality is until you get into your, your major, which comes in your junior and senior year, it's very kind of just like I'm going to class and doing my homework and I'm getting grades. What I yeah. wish anyone had told me was that if I had joined, let's say, Temple's band, which is like not competitive or like super drum corps style, like the background that I was really into and am into now. But what I would have better understood if someone had told me was this is going to become a network that is going to lead to opportunities. Even if, you know, the, I think what they offered at the time was around $500 a semester to participate, which I could yeah. have used for the record. Um, I'm, I'm regretting that part of it too, is that I didn't take advantage of even a small amount of money that I'm now paying back with interest, right? On my loans. Um, the community that I would have had not only just in the band, but I would have found other people in my academic programs, which is, you know, I was an English major and, yeah. um, that would have given me a little bit of a circle that's connecting me back to earth with my studying, with kind of my goals, um, from an academic standpoint. So I feel like that network, we talk about like professional networks, but your friends are your professional network too. 
Um, mm. And I think as well, when I think about that connection and the networking side is those professors that don't have any time or necessarily any reason to, to have that relationship with me. Well, the band director and the instructors, much like a coach, an assistant coach or a specialist is going to get to know you and be able to kind of steer you in a more personal way than let's say my like intro psych professor that we had <laughs> 300 people in, in the lecture. Right. So I yeah. just feel like I missed the boat on what could have connected me to more of the institution through just networking and just honestly that community. Yeah. Yeah. That was the word that, that was kind of on the tip of my tongue when you were saying all that. And, you know, it, it's a participating in the community at large and, and saying, you know, Hey, there's ways that I can get further ingrained into this community. And, you know, I, I think there's a whole myriad of reasons why that's, that's great and good for you and motivating. And, um, you know, I think participating in, in a, a sport, a club, a, a team of any type is, is really, you know, a good foundation for that. I agree. And that, that chess club, you could be in an extracurricular science club. Like, honestly, I, it's just tough when you're that age, man, like you're 14 through 22. It's just, that's so hard to like, get centered and kind of focus yourself. And I guess that's a great segue to what you do, which is a lot of conversations with high school athletes, a lot of conversation with parents. So in, in your day to day job, um, you know, what is the general vibe like coming to students in 2022? We're providing them with a technical solution, which feels like something they are quite equipped to use, but are students understanding the importance of this moment of their life and sort of how these decisions they're going to make are going to ripple out to greater and greater levels? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a really good question because, you know, my, when I am on calls with parents and athletes, you know, my, what what they know me as is their recruiting coach or their recruiting counselor, you know, just like you have an academic counselor who says, Hey, you know, you need to make sure to get these credits so you can, you know, apply. What I'm essentially doing is saying, if you want to earn a spot on this team or, or you want to earn a spot on a team, here's what you got to do to get there. And, and on the technical side of the tool, you know, by and large, people can figure it out. You know, like you said, these kids are, are comfortable, um, you know, interfacing with, with you know, technological um, solutions for, for what they're trying to do. Um, and so at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is help folks see the bigger picture. Uh, because I think there's both a lot of kind of bad information or ideas that we have about work, what recruiting actually looks like. You know, if, if we watch movies, if we watch news stories about, you know, the, the number one kid in a sport who's gone through a once in a generation athlete, you, you like people always talk right. about LeBron James as a, as a recruit because he was committed in like eighth grade or something. Right. Um, and those are the news <laughs> stories that we see. Those are the stories that that's how people think recruiting works. Um, and the reality is, if you look at the big picture of it, it's so simple and it's it's all common sense. Half the time when I get done with a conversation, a parent or an athlete will go, wow, that all really makes sense. It's so much more simple than I thought. And it's like, yes, absolutely. There's like a few key pieces to it. You know, one, who are you? And what are you looking to get out of your college experience 
And mm-hmm. why should a program be interested in you? Like, those are the questions I start with. Like, what are your key skills? What are your strengths? This is recruiting. You know, you do want to put your best foot forward. This is not the time to be humble. Like, tell me the three top skills that you have. What makes you an excellent recruit? Great. If you understand that, let's move on to what are you looking to get out of your college experience? Do you want an affordable education? Do you want to go to one of the top programs in the country? Do you want to stay close to home? Do you want to get the heck out of here and go, you know, all the way across the country? Like, I think a lot of times folks get so far to the end goal that they kind of miss the forest for the trees. And it's like, We really just have to ask ourselves a couple simple questions, be able to honestly and thoroughly understand our answers to those questions, and then communicate that with coaches. And, you know, if folks can do that, they're going to find the school that's the best fit. And, And really, at the end of the day, that's what I'm here to do. That's what Captain Yu is here to do, is, you know, we want to connect athletes with the places where they're going to be successful. So something that comes to mind while you were talking is this idea of actually creating a, a educational structure around the process of applying to schools. So yeah. it's, it's interesting because just thinking back on my, my personal experience, how, you know, kind of just impersonal and sort of just process oriented the application um you know application process was is like choose some schools based on kind of some really loose details um ultimately i chose temple because my my best friend went there and i went down and and hung there a few times and i just really enjoyed philly and i live there now so something was certainly gained out of that um along with a lot of connections i made in the drumline world in philly that i i still had to this day but from a institutional standpoint, not too much research was done. Um, you know, how I applied, how much money that I spent, where I applied my top level reach schools. It's really loose, the whole process. And it's interesting because that the process of applying becomes so critical when you're going to get into grad school or you're trying to get a job, um, building your resume, your CV. As you said, being able to speak on your strengths without coming across like a doofus or without kind of demeaning yourself, um, those are skills, right? So in school and in high school specifically, we are learning these subjects that we all know at some point just totally steam out and you never, ever look at it again, right? Pythagorean theorem is kind of being one. Actually, that one I could argue for, but that one being a low-hanging example. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, sure. But I certainly don't think, at least in my day, um, that much attention was given to the quality with which you go about applying. So it sounds like what you're talking about is this this kind of external, whether scaffolding or resource or whatever synonym we want to use, where it's like, hey, slow down and think about what you're doing because most students are about to take out a big old loan mm-hmm. and what seems like it's going to be a reasonable per month is very soon you realize it doesn't always lead to the job, the perfect job. It doesn't always yeah. lead to the career. You might change majors, you might, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like the complete shoddiness with which high school students go about choosing the university they're going to 
is really kind of insane and it's caused yes. a, a like legitimate economic um identity uh kind of crisis that my uh i'd say my generation is dealing with and i'm personally had to deal with you know the amount of money i'm spending so wh- what do you think about that what, what what does that bring to to mind in terms of what you do no i i thoroughly agree with that and, and i see that in both the parents and the students that I speak to, um, you know, I, I, I have the, you know, fortunate ability that, that, Hey, some, some folks I get to speak to really early on. If there's parents who are like, I don't know what I don't know. I heard this is about recruiting. Let's have a conversation. And they're like in eighth grade. And I'm like, listen, you are so far ahead of this. Like the fact that you're thinking about it early. Great. But then I also speak to, you know, I just got off the phone this morning with somebody who's a senior and they were like, I thought recruiting would have happened by now. And it didn't like, what did I do wrong? I'm so stressed out. Am I going to not have like a future doing what I want to do? And it's like, (laughs) there's so much pressure on these things that we never explain to our students. Like, oh yeah, you have to apply to college and you have to choose a major. Like, don't, the, the reality is you should go in saying, I'm probably going to change my major. It's not a question if. I think the average yeah. student changes their major like two to three times. Um, yep. the, you know, they're, the average student, um, I know certainly with my experience, when I, I applied to schools, I had no idea what I was looking for and what I wasn't. Um, and I think it, it really helps to just, I can, you know, I, I speak with thousands of customers a year, uh, parents and athletes. And when I have a conversation where uh, a parent or an athlete is able to give me the space to essentially say, like, listen, don't like I can tell you're stressed out. I can tell that you don't know what's going on. Slow it down. We're going to break this down. We can have more than one conversation today. I just want you to think about what makes you great. Like, that's fun. We all like to to reflect on, you know, take some time to pat ourselves on the back. Maybe some are a little more resistant than others. Um, (laughs) But like. Taking the weight out of if I don't, I I think I really think a lot of athletes feel like if I don't navigate this process well, my life is going to be ruined. I'm not going to be a success, but nobody ever like tells them how to navigate these processes. And it's just stressful. And it's, it's asking a lot of, of kids that are already, you know, doing rehearsal or training or school, trying to be a teenager and navigating everything that goes along with that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I really think it would be um, great if we could, you know, re-examine some of these things more like on a cultural level. Um, but, you know, what I get to do is is with the, the handfuls of people that I get to speak with is, is to try and say, this is what is important. This is what's not. This is what's true. This is what's not. Here's how you should approach it. Let's help you get to where you want to be. And and that feels like a real pleasure um, when I when I do get to you know help out with that. One thing that has been very illuminating to me is seeing the way that we need to orient both students, athletes, performers. Um, to schools that might have less marketing, yes. to be frank, out there. Um, and 
are a more appropriate fit. So I, I, what you, you know, I think Ohio State is just the perfect example. And I can speak on that because I lived in Columbus for about six months. Um, you lived in Beaverton. I mean, I, damn, that must have been dope. I'd love to ask you about that. But, uh, I, you know, there, there are these reasons why a student would choose an Ohio State. They're like, you know, football, just that culture is, unparalleled and the amount of money that floods into that city and the amount of just cultural buzz and excitement on those weekends. Like it's really, really cool. You know, I I would never deny that it isn't, but especially from an athlete standpoint and actually from the marching band there as well, it's a huge marching band, like upwards of 500 students. But if every single band student and every single football player are going, I'm going to go to Ohio state. Well, guess what? Yeah. Only one to two percent of those students and athletes are actually going to play, right? Yeah. To play Ohio State football, you got to be high level prospect that's already on their radar for years, I would say. And for the band, you've got to just come from a program that really has its stuff together, and you likely have a pretty good hold on what you're doing from a marching and playing standpoint, and that kind of that high level maneuvering. So for me, it's like looking at students and saying, what are the things that, that make you, you, okay, you are an introvert, but you're telling me you want to go to Ohio state to play in their marching band. Well, Ohio state is basically a city in itself. And if you are not comfortable walking through Manhattan in the middle of the day, you're not going to be comfortable walking through the quad, you know, at OSU, all year because it's jamming. So I feel like it's not just about standing here and going, we're going to get you placed at Oregon and Ohio State and LSU, shout out Pete, producer, uh, you know, uh, UCLA, these big, big schools. It's like, hey, based on what you're telling me, you should start at this community college and play on their basketball team and get your feet wet. Uh, You should look at this small liberal arts college that has a great rowing program. Uh, yes. there's like these, there's these categories with people's personalities where it's like, not everyone is built for those big 10 schools. And I feel like that has been a major realization for me is it's not just about connecting students, athletes, performers with those high level schools, yeah. right? There's so much customization in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I say over and over again, all day on, on phone calls is, there is a school out there for anybody who wants to, f- to, to find a program. If you want to get a higher education in the, and you want to participate in your you know, sport, club, activity, whatever it is, there is a program out there for you. But when I go log in and I look at a basketball, you know, every basketball account I log into and check out their colleges list, I'm seeing the same, sco- the same schools that were in the Sweet 16 the previous year. And I yeah. think that's that's really a big frame shift for folks is you don't know what you don't know. And and I think there's also, um, you know, lots of just bad, incorrect ideas about the quality of an education versus the like popularity of a school. Um, you yes. know, I, I've, I've certainly had um, 
you know, it's, it's not like I never run into any friction with, with folks I'm speaking with. And I've had parents who've been like, well, my kids, there's no way they're going to a D2 school. You know, they're this type of calendar. And then I have a half hour conversation with the kid and I'm like, what are you interested in studying? What are you interested in doing? And they're like, this is so not what they want. Um, and so then it becomes like, how do I help them reach a consensus? Because the reality is there are thousands of amazing programs out there, amazing schools. And, you know, I know people who went to, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, well, who didn't get a formal education, who have amazing actual education. I know people who right. went to tiny schools who had an incredible college experience. And I know people who went to Ivy League schools who came out learning nothing. It has nothing, not, I, I don't want to say it has nothing or there's no correlation to going to a prestigious program. And, and when I have athletes who want to do that, it's like, how can we get you there if this is a great fit? But mm -hmm. there is so much more out there to look at. And I think taking a broader perspective and an open mind and saying, what do I want out of my college experience is a much better question than how do I get a scholarship to a top 10 school? Yeah, that's super important. You know, it's just like, hey, you might want to go to that D1 school, but do you want to play? Yeah. You know, or do you want to just have the, you know, the clothes and the this yeah. and your name might be on the list, but you're on the bench? Or would you rather go to a slightly smaller school and, and kind of excel a little more and develop the leadership qualities that are going to be more important to your professional life? Because the reality yeah. is such a small percentage of athletes are going to go pro. Some of these sports we're talking about borderline don't have pro leagues, right? Yeah. Um, so oh, I was it's a like wrestler. You, I know all about the pro wrestling right. is, is not the same sport. <laughs> Eric, I'm a pro snare drummer. So you know, there's, there's no, there's no thread for that professionally. I'm, I'm making it up, but um, their ability to actually play and more so, when you think about why you're choosing a college, it's like, what is going to set you in a direction where you are going to have a life past those four years or five years being on that team. It's the soft skills that you're going to gain way more than it's like your free throw. Like, yes, yes, your free throw matters, your stats, all that. But it's like, if you can be a leader on that team, no matter where it is, when it comes time to, apply for a job and you're gonna be able to speak on the skills that you learned that your coach embedded in you that's really the the aim we should be going for not a brand are you looking for a high quality apparel made exclusively for the marching arts that dan band show is brought to you by lot riot apparel lot riot was founded by a drum corps alumni with a mission to create the premier apparel brand in the marching arts and he definitely accomplished that goal there's no other brand out there like Lot Riot. No matter what band event you go to, you will see Lot Riot clothing being worn by members, fans, and instructors alike. It is literally everywhere. Lot Riot is the brand that bonds the marching arts community together. They have a passion for band and have a real stake in their customers and the activity. With Lot Riot, you're part of a greater whole, a group of friends, a community. I love Lot Riot because they draw on a minimalistic streetwear aesthetic and use high quality materials to create cool, comfortable clothing. Their brand fits my personal style super well, which is why I am proud to have Lot Riot as a personal sponsor, as well as a sponsor of this podcast. 
Lot Riot is currently offering listeners of that Dan Bancho 15% off all purchases on LotRiot.com. Simply go to LotRiot.com and use the code DANBAND, one word, at checkout, and you will receive 15% off everything you buy. But that's not all. Listeners of the podcast use the code DANBAND will also receive an exclusive Lot Riot That Dan Band Show pin and sticker pack for free. So go to LotRiot.com right now to get 15% off your order and a free sticker and pin pack using the code DANBAND at checkout. See you in the lot. When you're talking about the size of the school, like, again, just personal anecdote, I went to Temple. It was like this very, like, grandiose, I'm going away to college type of narrative, right? I went different state living in a city. When I actually moved home and I finished at University of Connecticut, I was going in Stanford to a satellite campus that was in like what used to be a mall. And it was like this really small insular place. And my connections exploded. I got a job through the school there. I was getting recommendations to go to grad school, which I eventually did go to because my class size was literally cut into a hundredth of what it was at Temple. And the amount of students that my professors were having to interface with were much smaller. So all of a sudden, I'm able to forge connections that have a real quality to what I'm going to do in my next step, whatever that might be. It might be a job, might be grad school, might be whatever. So I just feel like we need to be transparent when we talk to athletes and we talk to performers that it's like, you're not necessarily doing the OSU band because you're going to be a professional musician. Maybe you are, but one, you're probably gonna be a music educator. You're not likely to be a music performer. You don't need to go to college for that. Just saying, if you're going to be a famous guitar player, I implore that you join a band and you go play live. You don't need a degree for that necessarily, but it's more so you want to join the band or you want to join in this team because it is going to set you in a direction that's going to be good for yeah. your like life life outside of this little bubble that feels like everything. Cause that's not going to be yeah. everything forever. Yeah. I, I really, you know, I, I really believe that if you, you can get an excellent education at a top tier school at, at a, you know, tiny school, you can get, um, you can have a terrible experience at, at either of those. It's all about, you know, figuring out, What's the best fit? That that's a conversation that I have all the time. It's like mm. people skip over their colleges list. They say, I got my profile, I look great. I, I can demonstrate what makes me great. Now I want to get out and have some conversations. And it's like it's just as important to say, what do I want out of all of this? Because if you're not asking that question, you're not gonna have confident conversations and you're gonna mm-hmm. end up somewhere and it may work out great. You know, the, the college that you grew up rooting for on TV because your uncle went there may be a great fit, but it also may not. And and I just think that is a piece that that is just not focused on enough because it's not as glamorous, but it's it's skills that if you can figure out what makes a good a college a good fit for you, you can figure out what makes a job a good fit for you, what makes a partner a good fit for you. Like those skills translate for the rest of your life. And and I really wish I had the opportunity to speak with every high school kid and 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 you know just ha- give a little perspective about that because it's like running into a wall every day when I have my first call with somebody. It's like, here we go again. <laughs> Right. How did you not know all this before? I was going to ask, actually, um, what are the major kind of factors that you 
talk to athletes and their parents about when it comes to picking a school? Like if you could choose like five factors, maybe they're not necessarily like, you know, the the searchable items on Captain U, but just what should I be thinking about when I look at a university? How do I decode if I'm going to have a good time there, if I'm going to be successful there? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think in a perfect world, athletes would be able to get their feet on a variety of campuses. I think there is nothing mm. like walking through the quad at, at uh, Ohio State and then walking through like a small private school and saying, which one feels great here? To be able mm -hmm. to sit in a classroom and, and say, oh my gosh, there's 150 people in here and then, you know, sit in a, a 20 person classroom. Like, and the reality is we can't do that. Uh, the the amount of resources and time and energy it would take for every athlete to be able to have that experience isn't realistic. So I try and kind of put that them in that mindset. Um, you know, uh, and and where I like to typically start is I'll ask an athlete like right now if I had to say what's your top school, what is it, and why, and I'll wait to see what they say. And if I can get them excited about something then that's the thread we take. Because if they say, well, I really want to be a marine biologist and that's why I'm interested in, you know, this, I, I, I don't know what a great marine, but let's just say, you know, some- Somewhere coastal, on the coast. Yeah, some coastal school. <laughs> and they're like, that's what I want to do. I've always loved animals. I, you know, have done this and this and this. And it's like, okay, we can, we can work with this because we can start with the education that you want. And from here- what are the other really important factors for you? Like, is the cost of your education super important? Or, you know, did your grandma, you know, put a put away $100,000 when you were born and you have, and money's not an issue? Like, it, right. it's about figuring out individual pieces rather than looking at, at, like you said, the brand of a school. Because schools spend a ton of money on their brand. We, we've all seen the ads. We've all, you know, seen the, I, I mean, maybe we haven't all seen, but like uh, high school age student athletes, they're getting mail from schools. They're getting all sorts of materials that mm -hmm. they don't necessarily go very deep. Um, it's, it's basically branding. And so it's about taking a step back from branding and saying, what do you want out of your education? Is family super important to you and you want your parents to come be able to watch you perform? Or did you hate your experience growing up and you want to try something totally different? Maybe you like grew up just in a Alaska and it's snowy every day and you're like, I want to go somewhere sunny. Like, let, let's check out the Arizona right. school. You know, it, it's silly that but, but that's how we arrive there is, is first of all, I tell my athletes, you have to start somewhere. You don't have to be right about your list the first time, but we want to intentionally have a broad list that allows us to explore. Cause, and, and I think that's a really important piece is the exploration. Like if I speak to an athlete, we talk about building a college list and I say next week, let's review your colleges list. And we look at it and there are 10 schools that are all your top tier D1 giant, huge program, you know, big 10 PAC 12 type of schools. I, I'm, I say, all right, this is a fine place to start, but we need to intentionally add some variation. It's I, I use, it's a super silly analogy and I apologize every time I use it with a student or a parent, 
but I, I talk about Goldilocks and the three bears, right? Like we check out the yes. porch that's too hot. We check out the porch oh, yeah. that's too cold and we find the one that's just right. And if you haven't looked at a school that's too big for you and you haven't looked at a school that feels just like your high school and there's no way you want to go there, then you're not going to know that the one in the middle is right. And, and, you know, Hey, school size isn't, you know, the, like there's all that different factors. We can look at the type of education you're getting. Are you getting a more technical education or a more kind of like liberal arts style education? Um, you know, do you want to go to a school in a city where there's a lot of culture outside of the college or do you want to go to a college town where every restaurant has green and yellow in the windows and everybody is you know rallying around the university these are all things that can easily be explored you know spending a little bit of time uh on the internet going and visiting a couple places but unless you know to look you're just going to go with whatever's college's brand seems to resonate with you and i don't think that's a good way to choose a college yeah, uh, we actually use the Goldilocks uh, kind of metaphor quite a bit just in, in the teaching world, at least in the drumline world. So that one is is quite apt. And I, I like that. And not to mention, um, not only kind of ranking these schools based on just like, I want to go here, but also like the idea of a reach school or the idea yeah. of a safety school, right? That you are really going here's what I've done. Here's how I've set myself up and sort of my academic stats, my, obviously my athletic statistics, my extracurriculars and music. That's a bigger one is sort of how have you gone beyond the pale with um, your performance opportunities. And it's, it becomes a really complex puzzle, right? Because maybe you want to go to this big 10 school, but also you want to live in a city. And a lot of the big 10 schools kind of, are in a little bit of smaller cities and they kind of engulf the whole thing. Yeah. Like, you know, Columbus is basically Ohio state. You're, it's hard to kind of pry those oh, things. That's apart. how Eugene was. It was just, yeah. You <laughs> Yeah. Right. Which is, which is cool. Um, yeah. but it's like, you know, your professors live there and all the students live there and it's just a microcosm. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, once you hit, sophomore to junior year at temple kids are moving all over the city people start to kind of commute and it's like your your adulthood starts to transition in a little bit earlier and um so these things about life choices start to come into effect do you have a car or not that is going to matter if you go to ithaca like my my yeah my twin sister went to ithaca she needed a car. It was not that great if she didn't have a car up there. And I think she did have one for uh, once she got out of the dorms. Um, but that, that matters, you know, like, Oh, do you want to just like live in the dorms and like be in the barracks all four years? Well, here, like there, there's all of this stuff about like the life you want to live that yes. has to come into play. Um, or else you sort of, it, it's very, um, sort of makeshift. Like maybe this one part of this is the right fit, but all these other things where uh, it's actually occupying a lot of your time, like yeah. your classes, um, your social circle, the actual environment, yeah, the reality you live in, of your, work. your time at the school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which it just, it's so hard again. Like I, I really do empathize because when I was 18 years old, I was about five minutes ahead at any given moment. You know what yeah. I mean? You're, you're really not, you know, you get older, not to be all old or whatever, but you know, you get older and you start to be able to have some foresight, right? Yeah. Like, and make some decisions with agency. 
And I think what Captain Yu, to bring it back to what we do at Captain Yu and what you do is you are stepping in where these current systems are kind of flawed and we're going, hey, like, we're not looking to gouge you. We're not looking to push you in any direction. What we're trying to do is have you ask critical questions about your experience that's not only going to affect your next four years, but it's going to affect your money for the rest of your life. It's going to affect your trajectory going into the real world. And it might affect kind of like your family dynamic if you are asking, you know, your parents to put financial pressure on themselves. Yeah. There's, there are things about that that just don't feel very real when you're in that moment. You're like, I'll take care of it. And even my parents are like, you'll pay off your loans and you get out and you get the job. It's like, well, what job am I going to get with this English contemporary lit degree? I ask. <laughs> and they're like, whatever. And, and here you are. So, yeah. um, I love that it's really about like, Asking the students to analyze the choices they're making, this like critical thinking behind it, because there's just not a lot of that being um, invested in at that high school level. And I could go on a rant for an hour yeah. about like high school education now, so I won't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I think those are all really important things to call out. You know, not to like plug too hard, um, but it's literally in our name. It's Captain You. Like we are not a. You know, there, there are plenty of other recruiting platforms out there. And I think a lot of them are about like, let's push this school to you or we'll get you on a team. Um, and, you know, hey, maybe it's a yeah. little less work, but you don't have the agency there. And, and, you know, hey, that's not to say that every person who uses Captain U takes full responsibility for their choices and they're being proactive. There's plenty of kids who just say, oh, a coach reached out to me. I'm going to respond. But I think at the end of the day with my position and what I part of the reason why I've been here for a decade is because that is underpinned in the founding of our company is it's about you. You can be the captain of your own, you know, your your future. And, and we want people to be able to take um, not only some interest and responsibility, but action in getting themselves there. Um, and, and I think that's super important. So in your estimation, doing this job, working with so many athletes and students, what is the factor that you feel like they need to present best or with the most care? I mean, obviously, when we get sports specific, yeah. the coaches know they're looking at certain stats, right? I won't do a bunch of hypotheticals and yeah. sound like yeah, a dumb yeah, yeah. dumb, but um, that seems obvious to me. But when you look at like how the athletes present themselves on Captain U, what is the thing that sets them apart and gets athletes recruited? Yeah. It's a great question, and I'm going to have, like, kind of a, a non-answer, um, <laughs> but I, it is an answer, but but I run into this with, I, I get this question all the time from a parent. I want my kid to stand out from the hundred other kids who are reaching out to this coach. How do I do it? And the reality is that every coach, every program, every team, university has something different that they are looking for. And you can go blue in the face trying to guess what's going to be the best thing that they want to see. But I think it's much more valuable to go internal and say, what about me is great. Like, what about me? What are my key two, three bullet point level skills that if I had 30 seconds to tell this coach, this admissions person, this is why you need me on your team. What would those be? Because 
If you try and guess and try and shoehorn yourself into looking like something that you think is what a coach wants to see, first of all, yeah. it may not be what they want to see. Second of all, you may get there and find this isn't a good fit for me. I presented myself as uh, a specialist when I'm really a jack of all trades, or I presented myself as, you know, this and, and I'm really that. You know, I think. All sorts of issues begin to branch off when you try and guess what people want to see. And that's why the typically the first conversation, what I tell people step zero in recruiting is spend some time thinking about what makes you great. What are your skills? What are the things that make you stand out from the other people on your team? And if you have an understanding of that, you have a good foundation for the rest of the process. Awesome. So here's my answer to my own question. <laughs> I think that detail orientation is, is super critical. So, uh, you know, the way that you present yourself in a message, yeah, the way that you choose to put, you know, the quality of the videos you put in your highlight reel photos you use like when if i saw a student with like super well edited videos with like headers and credits and their photos were like professionally done or just super clean and their their grammar and punctuation is clean and consistent and that to me across athletics across performing arts anybody if you can show that you are careful in how you present yourself, that is going to show the kind of player you might be, the kind of performer you might be. Because what we look for in players and performers is someone who is not going to be a wild card, right? Someone that is going to be able to follow the play so that the team can execute. Someone that is going to learn the music to a highly detailed level and be a leader in that. So I I look at that profile and, you know, the mechanics of the profile, I go like, have detail orientation, have specificity and care yeah. behind what you're doing, because that will reflect on you as a student, as an athlete, as yeah. a performer. You know, I think that's so interesting because first of all, I agree with a lot of those points, getting across important things about um, a performer as a student and athlete, but it also just kind of goes to show, I, I think it sort of demonstrates what I was saying because there are some coaches who say, I want an, uh, somebody who has the level of maturity and knows what they're doing and wants to present themselves professionally. And so they have an excellent edited video and they've put work into all of these things. But maybe the level of raw talent just isn't quite there. Um, whereas another coach might might say, and I, I actually run into this quite often with um, sports, is like, the coach is like, look, I don't care if this kid has a great highlight video that they paid a bunch to edit. I want the kid who I see their shaky cell phone video and I see something in their mechanics that I want. And I don't care, mm. like, you know, maybe, you know, their access to resources to help them. You know, it's it's like the, the kids whose parents clearly did their homework versus the kids who don't have any support at home and they have to figure it out. And maybe they didn't write their message very well, but... There's something there that says this kid's taking responsibility and trying to make something better. And so there's like, that's a perfect example of like, if you are a kid who says, I'm a regimented person, I want to do this, I want to do this, put that effort in and show the coach who you are. Because the right coach is going to see that and say, that's just what I want. Mm. And if you are not somebody who's really detail oriented and that's overwhelming to you, 
but you have some other skills that you can demonstrate, the right coach is going to see that. And so I think it's important to, yes, put a baseline level of effort in. Don't send a message to a coach that has spelling errors and no punctuation. And like, you know, obviously there's a certain baseline of um, presenting yourself in the context of this is my higher education. But I, I, I think that was an interesting call out of like, Coaches are looking for different things. Coaches care about different things. I speak to some coaches. I, I use the like specialist versus jack of all trades thing because that is specifically a conversation I run into all the time. Hey, my kid plays four positions, but we heard coaches don't like that. Should we tell them we only do one? And I'm like, well, some coaches love a utility player and some coaches don't. Focus on what makes you great. Stop trying to guess what anyone wants to hear. Focus on your skills. I think that's like, the, the thing that I try and hammer home as much as I can with my athletes. I love that. Yeah, that's that's spot on. And I think what comes across as the underlying sort of theme there is just authenticity. Yes. If you are putting yourself forward authentic, authentically, rather, um, like you said, it might not be this like highly produced assets thing. It might be your raw talent you will find who is searching you, yes. right? If you, if you are this raw talent and you go about this like weird process that's sort of uncomfortable to you, you might get recruited into a program that just plainly is not good for you. And I love that point that be yourself authentically. Don't lie. Don't, you know, go out of your way to present someone you're not because ultimately you will then find yourself paired with someone or something yeah. or a program or a university that has nothing to do with you. It has to do with your image, right? Yes. Or the brand exactly. that you falsely created. Exactly. So I love that, uh, you know, as maybe just an overarching, you know, summary of our conversation is just one, highlight what you're great at, focus what you're great at and be honest about that and be authentic in how you put yourself out there. That seems like that really is important to this idea of finding the right fit, finding yeah. a custom fit to what you are actually going to be able to prosper in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great summary of, of what I was trying to get across. So thank you. <laughs> Perfect. And Eric, this has been a, a great time just connecting and just chatting and hearing about sort of what you've kind of learned and the type of conversations you're having um, with athletes every day. So um, super awesome to get you on here and, and get a, a different voice and a different perspective as always. So I want to thank you for taking your time out on a Friday to, to talk with me and uh, looking forward to doing this again one day. Absolutely. It's, it's been a, a ton of fun having a conversation. These are my favorite types of work days, when, whether I get to you know, interview a college coach about something. Like I, I just love learning and hearing perspectives. And so I appreciate you um, having me and, and definitely look forward to, to chatting further down the line. Awesome. Everyone, uh, help me thank Eric Lake, and I will see you all next time.